Welcome to Fed Resource Center Podcast. What's in the news today? Well, we're going to be talking about Medicare. Medicare Part A, Part B, some of the penalties. Uh, we're going to give a brief history over it. So let's take a look at this. What actually is Medicare? Well, Medicare is a federal health insurance. That's what it is, a health insurance. Original Medicare consisted of Part A and Part B. It was actually created in 1965 to cover people aged 65 and older, regardless of the income or medical history. Now, in 1972, the eligibility actually was expanded to include people under the age of 65 who were receiving Social Security disability benefits for 24 months. And those what we call also included would be kidney disease. Uh, Medicare Part C was added in 1997, and Part D went into effect in 2006. Well, what is Medicare Part A? You hear that all the time, Medicare Part A. And the easy way to look at it is Medicare Part A is known as hospital insurance. So when you see A, Part A, know that it's referring to hospital insurance. Also, nursing care, prescription drugs, room and board, uh, which is covered under this Part A. It also covers skilled nursing facility care, nursing home care, hospice, and home health services. And I always tell people, you know, make sure you understand what your coverage is going to be. And especially, if you know, depending on which direction you go with this, uh, know all your ins and outs on this. I mean, look over all the different options uh, when making decisions on, on your health care going into retirement. It's also called a premium free. I mean, it is premium free for most people since funding, of course, comes from payroll taxes. You or your spouse must have worked 10 years. That's kind of an important factor right there. And paid into Medicare taxes, not just worked, but actually paid into Medicare taxes. Now, federal employees before January of 1983 received credit for Medicare taxes. Employees now pay 1.45% of their income while working, and that is matched by the employer. And single individuals that make over 200000 and married couples making over 250000 pay an additional 0.9% above that threshold. So it's important to understand that. Good question here is why would someone sign up for Medicare Part A? Well, Many people are actually surprised that there are some services not actually covered by FEHB, and that's where I was talking about before. Make sure you understand all the coverages and options uh, when you're going into retirement in regards about your health insurance. Um, rehab care at, hos at a hospital, for example, uh, from a fall or let's say, uh, trying to give you some examples here, a knee hip replacement surgery rehab after a hospital stay are actually not covered by FEHB, but it is covered under Part A. Now, it pays for skilled nursing facility care at 100% for the first 20 days. FEHB supplements, okay, only kick in and pay for Medicare co-payments for days 21 through 100. In this case, you got to start looking at it as failure to enroll in Part A could amount to tens of thousands of dollars in actual charges. So by combining Part A and FEHB, and that becomes a big concern, why, why do both? Well, the deductibles are paid for during hospital stays. But I mean, what you got to look at is this can result in really and truly uh, minimal or no out-of-pocket expenses. So that's why it's important to have that combination of Part A 
and your health insurance, uh, whether it's FEHB or whatever provision you're using. Now, why would someone not enroll in Medicare Part A? And it's kind of an important question. Why would someone not do this? Well, if you participate in using an example here in a health savings account or what we call it HSA, your ability to contribute to pre-tax dollars actually goes away. I mean, this is because you're not allowed to have any other insurance besides a high deductible health plan and take part in an HSA. Well, most federal employees sign up for Part A since it is a benefit and they've actually earned it during their career. Uh, kind of a key point here is uh, if you are working as a federal employee, you're automatically enrolled in Part A. Uh, but I always tell people, make sure that you get confirmation on that. Just because you are automatically enrolled doesn't mean you actually get enrolled. So get confirmation through the Medicare office. It'll take you a few minutes, but it's, it's something that's very important and you need to make sure of. Um, enrollment is as soon as three months prior to your birthday month when you turn 65 so you know you gotta you gotta look at it this way uh it's the 90-day rule that i talk about in my classes and educational uh workshops and seminars and uh i i always teach you know there's a 90-day rule 90 days to sign up and submit your application toward uh your projected retirement date so 90-day rule on retirement 90-day rule on social security uh, depending on when you're going to take your social security uh, go ahead and sign up 90 days prior to that. Also, with uh, turning age 65 for the Medicare side of this, you also want to do 90 days prior to this. And not just submit, not just do an application, but do confirmation that uh, your submission is complete and correct. Medicare Part B. So we talked about A, A being hospitalization. Well, Medicare Part B is also known as doctor's insurance. So A, hospital, B, doctor. Just kind of think of it that way. It covers the cost for doctor's visits, physical therapy, outs, uh, of course, outside the hospital, uh, durable medical equipment, vaccinations, and so forth. It's what we call a paid for by a premium bill to the people that, of course, enroll in Part B. And then the government covers the remaining portion through what we would call general revenues. Uh, the premium is charged on what we would classify as a sliding scale based, of course, on your income. Now, what actually does that mean, the sliding scale? What are we talking about here? Well, Medicare Part B premiums being based on income, let's look at 2017. So here's an example. If you're an individual, and let's say you earned $85,000 or less, or if you filed jointly and you earned $170,000 or less, well, you're going to pay each month, and this is back in 2017, $134 a month. That's the cost for this Medicare Part B. Above, if you're individual, above $85,000 up to $107,000, or if you're filing jointly, $170,000 up to $214,000, you're going to now pay $187.50. So you can see the increase from $134 to $187. Now, if you earn above $107,000 individually and up to $160,000, or if you're filing jointly uh, above $214,000 up to $320,000, you're going to pay $267.90 per month. Now, individually filing above 160,000 up to 214,000 or if you're filing jointly above 320,000 to 428,000 then it's going to the cost is going to be 
$348.30, so $348 a month. Individually filing, if you earn above $214,000 or for jointly, if you're filing and you earn above $428,000, the cost will be $428.60 per month. So you can see there is a sliding scale. The more you earn on your filing status, then the more it's going to cost on your monthly cost. The initial enrollment period is, again, you know, we talk about the three months prior to your birthday month and up to three months after your birthday month. If of course, you were retired, so you got 90 days before, 90 days after. If you are still working, you get eight months to enroll after you retire without penalty. So that's kind of important to understand this, this penalty that's going on here, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Why would someone sign up for Medicare Part B? And that's I think that's a really good question. Well, more services and no or few copayment deductibles. So Medicare Part B pays 100% for someone to go to your home and provide home health care. Skilled service like occupational therapy, speech language, pathologists, of course, are covered. But here's what's important. FEHB does not pay for this. FEHB is what we call a secondary insurance and will help only with payments in Part B is the primary. So again, it's important how you line up your Part A, your Part B, your health insurance. Uh, if you go with another identity uh, or excuse me, entity on the outside for health insurance, make sure you know what you're getting covered for. Uh, here's something to look at. You know, you're locking in a maximum out-of-pocket expenses with monthly premiums of Medicare Part B. An example, let's say you're paying $134 a month or $1,600 per year. This is insurance. That's what it is. It's for protection. And if you enroll and actually use it, then hey, it's worth its weight of gold. I mean, it's going to create less out-of-pocket expenses on your end of this. Um, you really want to avoid the penalties, and we talked about that earlier, but you want to avoid the penalties of declining to enroll in Part B as soon as you retire or turn 65. Here's why. The penalties are very steep, and what's really important is they're permanent. Permanent. The penalty is 10% per year when you decline to enroll. So let's say you decline to enroll and now all of a sudden in 2016 you didn't enroll and you'd be paying 10% above your rate in 2017. So instead of paying $134 a month on this Part B, you're now going to be paying $147 per month. So each year there is an increase of 10%. And then again, you got to understand it's permanent. So th there's not a retraction on that. Once it locks in, that's what you're going to pay for from here on out. So, important to understand the penalties and when to sign up. Why would someone not sign up for Medicare Part B? And that's a good question. I mean, if you're still working, sometimes it's, it's like, well, it doesn't make sense to sign up for Part B. I mean, Medicare in this case will be a secondary payer and won't really offer much in payback for the $1,600 in yearly premiums. I mean, you figure, okay, you say, well, you know what, I'm healthy and I want to wait until... Uh, you're showing signs of being, you know, chronically ill. Uh, do you take the gamble? I mean, that's something that's important to try to kind of understand. Is it worth the gamble? I mean, FEHB, you got to look at this, has a maximum out-of-pocket protection. I mean, you don't want to spend a guaranteed $1,600 in order to possibly save $3,900 
$3,900 if maximum FEHB out-of-pocket expense is $5,500. So, yeah, it does become a numbers game. But, again, it's important to understand that this is an insurance protection. And we really don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, especially in regards about our health. So, important to understand that. Now, Medicare Part C... Uh, you know, we don't talk, we're not going to talk too much about that, but Medicare Part C is also known as a Medicare Advantage. Uh, it is very similar to FEHB in that it offers by private, it's offered by private companies, many of which also have FEHB plans, of course. And what they do is they'll manage your Medicare benefits for you. I mean, there is some charges and usually an additional fees in regards to going with this. Uh, so be very be very protective of what you're getting involved with, especially with any outsourcing. Uh, I know this has been a short version of Medicare and the Part A and the Part B. Uh, we just don't have time to spend, you know, I mean, we could spend four, four and a half hours on this. So one of the things I would like to say is this. If you have any questions, any concerns, uh, just feel free to give us a, uh, shoot us an email over. You can email us at admin at fedresourcecenter.com that's admin a-d-m-i-n at fedresourcecenter.com send us your questions and we'll get them answered as soon as possible thanks and uh, be on the lookout for our next podcast